So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you, so far, we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us, uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican well, state. Well, this is like playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Yeah, there are some states that have had only mail-in uh, voting for a while. But this idea of sending out ballots to everybody uh, in a lot of states is completely new. Right, and certainly new in many states, and their ability to deal with that many mail-in ballots and verify them all is, I mean, they're they're infants in the cradle in terms of sophistication. Even without efforts at fraud, most people aren't up up to speed on the fact that regularly 10, 20, 30% of those ballots are discarded. Practically every election. Every election. Are you ready for that? Because when you go to vote in person, it's a tiny percentage of votes that don't get counted. Right. Minuscule. No, this is going to be more like one out of three, one out of four votes that get tossed in a close state. People are going to go crazy when they find out Biden or Trump won by 50,000, but they threw out 80,000 votes. Right. I'm with Bill Barr in that I think... The, the potential for fraud is enormous, and it will happen. But you could you could not even ha- offer that argument and yeah. just go with what you were even saying. Even without the fraud, people are going to go crazy. Right, right. I mean, that could be an unbelievably significant number of votes Before we, in a swing state. I mean, it could, be, it could be triple, quadruple, quintuple the margin of victory. Oh, easily. Easily. You want to talk about playing with fire... That's enough. That's almost guaranteed. Yes. In some of these close states. Yeah. Um, I'll hit you with this stat, and then we'll hear a little more of A.G. Barr with a Wolf Blitzer yesterday on that topic. Uh, this is a, well, I'll just read what Ian Bremmer tweeted out. This is the most important poll I've seen to date, and I, I would agree. Maybe while you're doing that, Sean can ready the uh, retrospective of Wolf Blitzer's game show career. <sighs> Among people that are going to vote in person, Trump is up by 33 points. <laughs> you know, he's down like... That's huge, huge. Eight, he's down like eight nationally. He's up 33 points among voters that plan to vote in person. Biden's up 63 points among voters who plan to vote by mail. Oh, my. So oh my. you easily could have, come election night, when you've counted almost exclusively in-person votes, Trump running away with the thing sure and then they start counting the votes over days weeks maybe months um but certainly days uh biden ends up winning the thing maybe big or maybe barely like the last uh, couple of elections and there are documented 150,000 pro-trump votes thrown out yeah for various imperfections real or imagined and and Trump himself, and I wish he wouldn't do this as much as he does, but and, and plenty of people would say that it was a scheme and a fraud and the rest of it, and those votes were thrown out unjustifiably. Now, some of which them, happened in Florida in 2000. You might remember it. Some of the votes you tossed, like it wasn't mailed in time. Okay, that's pretty clear cut. We all look at the postmark. We all agree. That says November 4th. Doesn't count. 
But when you do the whole, the signature doesn't match, that's a judgment call. And if they yeah. show up tens of thousands, throw out tens of thousands of votes over the signature doesn't match. Right. And you got a panel of people sitting around saying, oh, that's pretty close. No, look at that L. It's completely different. You're right. Toss it out. Yeah. And, and you tossed out more take? Trumps than Bidens. And right. a long time, I got to believe. Anyway, this or, was. Or how about uh, there's a double vote? The one mark's really clear. The other one's kind of faint. And you're not sure, is that deliberate or do we throw that out? Adjudicating that will take months. That'll be slow. Here's Wolf Blitzer when he was on Celebrity Jeopardy. Do we actually have that? Yeah. Okay. Here's the host of the Situation Room, journalist Wolf Blitzer. The name of this pasta, similar to penne, means little mustaches. Doesn't sound so tasty now. Wolf. What is fettuccine? No. King David and Jesus both hailed from this town. Wolf. What is uh, Jerusalem? No. An accused person in court, along with his counsel. Wolf. What is a defendant? No. From a larger work. Wolf. Annotated? No. Add one of this five-letter word that refers to an economic crash and the fear-driven rush to sell. Wolf. What is a crash? No. (laughs) Wolf, things have not worked out as well as you would hope for, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> he had negative money. I think it was minus 4,000 Jeopardy dollars or whatever. But remember, when you're doing Celebrity Jeopardy, you are playing on behalf of a charity. So the charity gets all your winnings. I have not confirmed this, <laughs> so but I believe... Yeah, $4,000 from children's leukemia. Yeah, yeah. They had <laughs> to pay Wolf Blitzer for his horrible performance. Wow. On Celebrity Jeopardy, where they're asking you children, children's questions. <laughs> Dummy. Andy Richter won the episode he was on. There you go. Uh, Anyway, so here's Wolf Blitzer with uh, Attorney General Barr on the mail-in voting thing. There are individual uh, cases, but as far as widespread fraud, we haven't seen that since... Uh, well, we, have, we haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And uh, people who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, ocup- the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. You think that's a way to run a vote? We have multiple listeners who've sent in pictures of their multiple ballots already. It's going to be so ugly. Yeah. I would like it if one of them won by so much that this uh, doesn't become a, a problem, but I don't think it's going to. What do you think about the, the country's votes as a whole? will probably take a long time, but uh, I, I saw somebody tweet out there's, there's certain swing states that if once we know those states, we kind of know how the election's going to go. There's no need to finish counting the ballots in California, for instance. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, his example, and he was a professor at a college in Florida about, and he specialized in elections according to his Twitter bio. But he said Florida is a fast reporting state. Mm-hmm. If Biden wins that, as is the current pollings, that makes it nigh impossible for Trump to win the electoral college. There's no road to 270, as they say yeah. repeatedly. Well, okay, yeah, I, I, I hope it, it goes in a way that's not as you've described, because if it goes that way, if it's Florida times 10, and remember, we were all fairly congenial toward each other in 2000. I mean, fairly. Um, 
oh, there by was today's a, standards. There was a lot of whichever one wins, it's going to be basically the same. I mean, the attitude was way different than now. You did have a fairly moderate Republican and a fairly moderate Democrat running. Uh, Biden could die between now and then. You got that. That would bail us out. Because he is very old. Of course, if if Trump clutched his chest and went down, who would be shocked? Would it then be, would Pence just step into the running then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because the president and vice president run on the same ticket these days. What if they both dropped dead and Kamala's running against Pence? That's not... (laughs) Statistically, it's probably pretty pretty unlikely, but it wouldn't be shocking. Although Biden physically seems to be in pretty good health. Trump's an old fat guy who never exercises and eats bad food. Mm-hmm. So he could have a heart attack at any moment. He's got a sturdy constitution. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. M- much more so than I do. Yeah, he, he, he works longer days than I do. Yeah. And pretty much anybody you know. Um, do I want to do this? I got some stuff on spending that is just mind-blowing, but nobody cares, right? Nobody cares. You trying to blow people's minds? It's it's Little Friday. Oh, hey, speaking of politics. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Or is it? It's pretty overwhelming. (laughs) All right. I've got some actually entertaining stuff. If you know, just um. <laughs> if you want to entertain people, or, or we can do what you want. <laughs> that reminds me, my next "How to Argue Unfairly" clinic is coming up a week from today. You sign up online. Uh, do political ads really work, and and how much? That's also, good. Oh, uh, that's good. Oh, and the political ad just dropped from Biden that I should mention. It's controversial. Oh no! So then you can tell me how political ads don't matter. Oh this, yes, this one might in the way that. I think, well, we'll talk about it coming up. Dairy Queen, you talk about breaking news. Dairy Queen has just unveiled new Blizzard-scented candles for 2020. <laughs> now, not candles that smell like the weather phenomena of, of snow Certainly not. falling from the sky. No, yeah. these are no. delicious milkshakes. You turn it upside down, it doesn't come out of the cup. That's how great the Blizzard is. Um, so you know it's quality. You can get a candle that smells like snickerdoodle cookie dough. That, I don't want that. That's just going to make me want to eat. Why yes. would I want that? Yes. An aggressive scent. <laughs> Michael. Michael's favorite clip. You can get a candle that smells like Oreo mocha fudge. I don't want it. But a, you can get it. A candle that smells like pumpkin pie. The last thing I need in the house is a candle that smells like pumpkin pie. Oh Unless I want to eat until I'm grafted to the couch. We haven't made that <laughs> reference in quite a while. The person sat on the couch for so long that their skin grew into oh, the upholstery. Yes. Yes. It's an actual story. I don't know if uh, modern uh, furniture manufacturing is improved or whatever. You don't hear uh, about graftings nearly as much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think as much porous upholstery anymore. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to all those things we mentioned and more. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And uh, you may have seen a lot of the critical data that's been charted and graphed by the CDC. But as I've mentioned, some of the graphs that they're releasing seem a little unnecessary, as far as I'm concerned. For example, uh, I don't know if you've seen this one. Since March, there's been a 98% increase in Americans walking into their living rooms, stopping and saying, why did I come in here? (laughs) Yeah. There's been a 68% increase in deciding not to learn another language after all. Yeah. No kidding. 
actually enrolled, paid for, bought the book for a Spanish class. God, what town did we live in when I did that? That was a long time ago. Huh. I attended. Did I even go twice? You oh, might have just no. been once. No bueno. <laughs> Idiota. <laughs> it was very quickly that I that I realized the amount of effort it would take to do this doesn't equate to how much I want to be able to do it. Adios dinero. <laughs> And I think that oh, happens funny. with well, it happens with a lot. It happens with a ton of things. Like people think I'd really love to be able to play the guitar, or the piano, or whatever. Yeah, you start in, and you quickly decide. I think more than just I don't have the skill for whatever. It's just a, okay. Do I care about being able to do this as much as it would take to be able to do it? No. Right. No, clearly not. So I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I got a new music machine like that. I'm, I was grinding. Then I took like three days off, and I realized I got to go back. I gotta go back, or it's soon just gonna be a yeah. dust catcher. Well, that's that's it's really a music the way. machine. What? It's a fancy music machine. It is. That's that, exactly what it is. That's really the way I was with golf. It's because um, I played a lot of golf when I was younger and played regularly, and I could play well enough that it was fun. But I don't like playing golf, so I stopped playing completely. And every once in a while, we'd have a tournament come up or whatever, and it was a miserable experience because <laughs> I hadn't played since I played three months earlier. Yeah. And it was just miserable, and I and I had no interest in practicing because I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> why would I want to do it? As opposed to, like, playing the guitar, I you can't stop me from practicing the guitar every day. I go. love practicing. That's what you should do then. Exactly. Clearly. But yes. If Never you, challenge yourself. If, if you don't... <laughs> If you don't want to speak Spanish, what's the point of sitting there learning the words every single day? Uh, Sounds a little racist to me. (laughs) Uh, Joe Biden released a new ad, a little controversy involved already. Joe's about to explain to us with uh, fancy numbers how uh, political ads... (laughs) Just the regular numbers. One through nine. And a zero occasionally. Political ads don't really move the needle that much. It, it, It seems to me that the political ads that have the most effect... I never see. I'm not sure they ever even air them. They're the ones that are controversial enough to like be played on a radio or cable show. Oh, yeah. And then you discuss them. And they're often like two minutes and 40 seconds long. They're not ads, per se. They're just short films that get to, you know, sent around the interwebs. I'm, a, I'm pretty worried. Not a little worried. I'm very worried about the game that we're playing around this issue. But here's the opening of the new Joe Biden ad. Why in this nation do black Americans wake up knowing that they could lose their life in the course of just living their life. Part of the point of freedom okay, is Okay, so it goes on, and it goes on oh from there boy. with an explanation of, uh, you know, how they want to handle the whole situation. Ben Shapiro uh, uh, tweeted that out, and then he said, what is the evidence that black Americans, all 42 million of them, wake up knowing that they could be murdered just for being black? What is the evidence to justify this proposition? You remember Jason Whitlock, black uh, sports writer, who said, LeBron says he's scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. Um... And it's such a dangerous game to play with that whole black Americans wake up knowing they could lose their life in just the course of living their life. You mean like the guy who had a restraining order against him because he'd broken into his girlfriend's home and assaulted her for the umpteenth time and then went back violating the order so the police showed up? To arrest him for violating, you mean that's just living the course of his life? Now, whether or not they got to shoot him or not, different question. But that's not just living the course of your life, 
violating a restraining order. Neither is robbing a store like Michael Brown did or some of these other stories. Trying to get a cop's gun away from him. Yeah. Yeah. And then whether ultimately you get to shoot him or not, you know, that's that's a completely different question. And uh, if police are violating people's rights in that way, that's that's a completely different question. But you can't use these examples of people committing crimes as just living your life, just walking down the street and minding your own business. And a white cop comes up and shoots you. Well, as H.L. Mencken wrote, I think in the 20s, the 1920s, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety mm-hmm. by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins. Yeah, that, well, this one in particular, though, is leading to people burning down stores. Right. And people getting hurt and getting their heads caved in. Right, and murdered and killed. People are dead. Before we get to the effectiveness or lack of uh, political ads, there's one more political story I wanted to share with you just because it's so emblematic of our times. Twitter hit the anti-Trump Lincoln Project. This is anti-Trump Republicans with a manipulated media tag. Take it down for a video that was itself a response to a manipulated video from the Trump campaign. Lincoln Project posted clips from Trump's recent Laura Ingram interview, which they manipulated. And then it's just it's like a, a triple reverse of everybody editing everybody's messages and everybody's inaccurate. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Serious stuff in the news. We did get a pretty darn interesting text from a a, a, a cop who's been a cop for thirty years. Because I asked for that earlier in the show, mm-hmm. said, "How were they supposed to handle? How, how what what is the training? Because I don't actually know what the training is on a situation like the one that happened there in um, in Wisconsin when a guy's getting back in the car. I mean." Well, you just wait and hope he doesn't have a weapon? Or you hope he doesn't get in the car and start it and start running you people over? Or do you let him just flee, even though he's violating a restraining order, and wait till he comes back and kills her? Right. I mean, what are your options on there? I tweeted a Key and Peel uh, comedy video that uh, illustrated the progressive view of policing and what cops ought to do. It's actually quite remarkable. I, we ought to put that at armstrongandgetty.com so people can find it easily. But, yeah, the cop just keeps submitting. to the. He keeps telling him, now, don't get in that car. Don't get that. All right. Don't reach for the glove compartment. Don't, and the guy does it. All right, don't open it. Do not. Oh, the guy opens it. Okay, don't grab that gun. And and then finally the guy, you know, thank God, they're, they're comedy. They're not super dark. Instead of assassinating the police officer in the street, the guy just starts his car and drives away in this comedy bit. But I think that the caption or the title is how liberals see policing or how police ought to act. Well, it's that whole thing. Is, is it an opt-in f- fight to the death? Uh, a trial by combat. Yeah. 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 Um, interestingly, during the commercials, Jack, you might have heard me mutter, God, everybody's a liar. Um, the stylist who did Nancy Pelosi's hair is now saying that the salon owner is a hypocrite because uh, by demanding lease payments, she was practically forcing people to go do hair. She knew they were doing hair secretly or should have or something. I don't know. This is why I never want to talk while I'm getting my hair cut. All right? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you people. 
Just cut my hair. You don't know me. I don't know you. I'll give you money. You cut my hair. That's it. <laughs> All right. So uh, do political ads work? This is actually a multi-step thing, so don't leap to conclusions. But Yale political scientist Alexander Kopik looked at 49 high-profile ads from the 2016 presidential campaign, both the uh, primaries and the general, <clears throat> and measured their ability to persuade a sample of 34,000 people. That's a big Ooh. study. Um, Let's see. Uh, Do you feel like you've been swayed by a political ad in recent memory? I, I oh. doubt that the needle has been moved at all. On a, I assume every ad I hear, keep spending money on this radio station, I assume every ad I hear is so full of shading or outright falsehoods that there's no point in paying attention to it at all. I'd have to think way back to when the parties were much more similar to each other and I was younger. It's oh. possible you could alert me to a subject that I do research on my own. Yes. That could happen. Yeah. But as a non-ninny, you wouldn't take the word no, of a right never. and then just go, right, okay. So uh, this uh, scientist said, um, positive ads work no better than attack ads. Republicans, Democrats, independents respond to ads similarly. Ads aired in battleground states aren't substantially more effective than those in broad, those broadcast in non-swing states. Uh, they found that on average, the ads moved a candidate's favorability rating among respondents of... Uh, of a point on a five-point scale, so one-twentieth of a point, which is not nothing. The ad's effect on people who intended to vote, on on who people intended to vote for was even smaller, .007 of a percentage point, so practically non-existent. But he said that doesn't mean political advertising is always ineffective, noting the study didn't analyze the influence of an entire campaign. He also said that while the effects were small, they could, quote, make the difference between winning and losing a close election, which is why they go with such enormous bulk. Yeah, I can think of examples where campaigns, especially about propositions, that's a thing that they do in California where you you let the people write laws. (laughs) Too much Democracy, it's a terrible idea. Oh, it's Don't so easily uh, manipulated. Yeah, by yeah. The powerful. And the ads are manipulating. And I have it has had an effect on me when I hear an ad for the other side lie so much. I mean, I know for a fact that they're so over the top with their lie. It is like made me more motivated to want something to win. So that's like a reverse. Yeah, just yeah. like really pisses me off. Yes, Sean. I feel like we have all been kind of. A horn swoggled by this mythological swoggle. The, the swing voter, right? <laughs> like, e- even this is focusing on do political ads work based on how many minds do they change? And I think that's just the wrong metric. To, I think, as we've discussed on the show, it's more about turnout. How many do political ads are they more likely to get your side out to vote for your candidate as opposed to measuring Which, it based off if it changes? And, a mind. and that would be very hard to measure. Yeah. Well, the, although they did, that was that was what they were addressing. And if I did not make that clear, I apologize. But they were talking about favorability rating. And uh, a higher favorability rating means higher turnout. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I, that's I what didn't you make meant. that connection. I didn't either. Yeah, it's not yay or nay. Okay, um, so I could see it working from that standpoint. Yeah, it, it it works along the margins, but sometimes elections are are won on the margins. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you, you're dating some gal, and her friend says he seems like a great guy. I mean, that's not going to seal the deal, but it didn't hurt. So political ads you hear over and over, oh, Joe Biden's America, I'll I'll get beaten down regularly. Eh, Trump for a while. got elected by seventy eight thousand votes in three states. 
spread over three states. 78,000 votes. Would you spend a billion dollars to win that tight race? Yeah, you would. Either party would. Mm-hmm. Either party would gladly do that. Because there are trillions of dollars at stake and the power to wield it. Uh, and I'm about to talk about that coming up. There's only one thing the news site, The Dispatch, hates more than Trump, and that's spending. <laughs> um, and they've got some numbers for you of what Biden is going to spend, and it's just it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I don't know how they can write that and still not want to vote for Trump, even though they're anti-Trump people. You know, your political pros, your hacks, they're willing to give away an election to win the next two. And that's what they think they'd be doing, I mm. think. Anyway, uh, that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, 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 that's my catchphrase, you know. Yo, 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 I've even got a shirt that says yo, yo, yo. <sighs> um, so the um, uh, government announced yesterday that uh, our uh, deficit for the year is going to be $3.3 trillion. I don't know if you follow this sort of thing, but that is like, it's like a person that weighs 4,000 pounds. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's way an outlier. That's a big old boy. <laughs> from anything that has ever existed before. <laughs> And it's because of the COVID and everything like that. But we've been trending that direction for a while. And next year, we're going to hit a 100% uh, uh, debt-to-GDP ratio. We'll, we'll, we'll be uh, spending as much every year bad as thing we... Or bad thing. <laughs> Just absolutely you make $75,000 a year, and you have $75,000 of credit card debt. But so the dispatch... Yeah, but hold on. What's my minimum payment? <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters, right? course in your personal life you're not going to go to war with china at any point and like you don't really know that need, really need the cash <laughs> uh the dispatch punch, punch winnie the pooh right in his fat face <laughs> Take that. the dispatch which uh worries some about spending and there aren't very many conservative outlets even that care much about spending anymore let alone on the left but nope, it's all pro-trump a look against at, trump a look at biden on debt and deficits this is the latest in their series on a prospective biden presidency the big picture despite an unprecedented 24 trillion dollars in budget deficits projected over the next decade joe biden is promising the largest spending spree since lyndon johnson and despite the deepest recession in 80 years biden is demanding the largest permanent tax increase since world war ii here's the context biden was portrayed as a moderate during the democratic primary that's a testament to how far the le- how far left the party has galloped. While his proposed eleven trillion is is new spending, uh, it's significantly less than that proposed by Elizabeth Warren and uh, Kamala Harris. They were each proposing forty trillion dollars <laughs> in spending, yeah, or well. Bernie Sanders, who was propo- proposing an un- unfathomable ninety seven trillion dollars in spending. That's incredible. Bernard Sanders. So Biden comes off as the moderate with his $11 trillion. Biden's figures still represent an 18% spending hike over the already accelerating spending baseline. It also dwarfs the previous three Democratic presidential nominees, John Kerry, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton, who each proposed federal spending expansions of between $1 and $2 trillion over the subsequent decade. Those candidates also proposed roughly equivalent tax increases, uh, to at least give lip service to controlling the debt. So even your big spending liberal candidates of the past were one to two trillion. Biden's at eleven trillion. And he's the moderate. And he's the moderate yeah, at okay. the new spending. Well the uh, 
politics has become like waving a treat in front of a dog. The dog snaps at it. You win. No matter whether the treat's poisoned or the dog is already grotesquely overweight or has no teeth or whatever. It's just, it is a, it's a, as, as a base a, an interaction as, as dogs fornicating in a park. I mean, there's no adult thought that goes into it. No, and, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh kind of famously said this past summer that eh, that was always a, what did he call it, red herring or something. Uh, that was always a joke, that budget deficit talk. Nobody actually cares about that. <laughs> and uh, and it would seem to be true. George Will has been saying for years, people say there's no agreement in Washington between the parties. Yes, there is. There's a great agreement that we give people more stuff than they pay for. Right. There's an agreement by both parties on that. So mm-hmm. Anyway, that's enough of that because clearly you don't care. We didn't mention that the CDC um, announced an eviction moratorium. And when that story first hit, I thought... How in the hell does the Centers for Disease Control have the power to stop a landlord from kicking somebody out who hasn't paid their rent? I thought that can't, that's got to be an abuse of power. But their argument is if you kick people out who've got COVID or people get kicked out and they're exposed to COVID, it's a spreading of the disease. So by that rationale, the CDC has the power to tell you, a landlord, you can't kick somebody out of their home. Mm. Isn't yeah. that wild? Oh, hey, I just read something. I Oh, can I find it? Probably not. Um, there's a wrinkle in the extra government money thing that you didn't even have to be employed between March and July, whatever. You had to just intend to have been employed. I've intended to do many things in my life. So people who haven't had a job in I'm years, intending to work out today. Uh, let's see. I can find this. Uh, Stay at home. <laughs> Are you taking wagers? Uh, stay-at-home moms, uh, the long-term unemployed, the indigent, the lazy. Um, yeah, here it is, I think. I should make a list sometimes of the things I've intended to do in my life. Why would you do that? Do you want to be depressed? <laughs> I'm pretending it's not happening. <laughs> or there's still plenty of time. I'll get to that. I'll right. get to that later. So uh, more and more people discovering you don't actually need to be employed, uh, including the federal 600, thanks to something called pandemic unemployment assistance, and that you can still apply now and get all those benefits retroactively, even if you've never worked ever, as long as you claim that you had planned to be working from March, but then couldn't due to the COVID. Uh, so, for example, some of the guys who work for us are now letting getting their wives, who've never worked outside the home, to sign on. They're receiving checks for thousands of dollars to cover the period backdated from March. Rock on. And, and they aren't alone. They learned about this on some online message board, essentially devoted to helping people suck the maximum benefits out of the system. Apparently, there are tons of them out there, some state-specific. some state specific. So, would my, my wife doesn't uh, work a regular paycheck job. She husbands goats. And uh, and takes care of kids. So um, Husbands are husband. Could, I, could she have signed up for some sort of unemployment help then? Oh, yeah. I don't have a job. Right. Okay. Get it. Here's your check. Yeah. Exactly. I should have done that. I'll uh, I'll forward this email to you. I mean, if you don't uh, d- jump on and and get an available teat, you're just a fool. Hmm. I picture the government as a big sow lying on its side. Kind of is. Kind of heaving breaths, big old sow breaths, and a bunch of piglets squealing and, and <laughs> trying to find a teat. That's America. That's not quite as cool as the bald eagle, is it? <laughs> not quite. It's as, certainly less regal. It's not quite as groovy an image. 
Uh, shared with you the headline of the day, but it's worth uh, you folks hearing it. Uh, Wisconsin Antifa commander with flamethrower bursts into tears during his arrest. Commander Red, they called him. 23-year-old 23 Matthew Banta, known to be a violent Antifa member who incites violence and otherwise relatively peaceful protests, travels around to do that. He was busted with a military-grade five-minute smoke grenade, fireworks, rockets, and a flamethrower. And when the cops moved in to arrest him, he curled into the fetal position and began weeping like a child. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A couple of his cohorts ran off into the woods and were not apprehended, unfortunately, but... I think I intend to both run for cardio work and lift weights to uh, try to tone my muscles. Those are the, I intend to do both. Now you're just blatantly lying to yourself. <laughs> That's your intention, huh? Mm-hmm. Let me know when you've done it, son. Mm-hmm. It was one of the many lectures I delivered to a young man who really needs to get a job. Oh, I know, but uh, not, not, not on the air, Joe. Not on the air. All right. Okay. Not on the air. We're just going to stand back and see if we can draw more out of you. <laughs> no, by leaving me, space. That would not be a good thing. Please elaborate. Not be a good thing. That's too. Uh, that's too uh, complicated. There's an Antifa gal running for mayor of Portland. I haven't seen any polling on this, but Ted Weasel is so hated in Portland right now. She could win. Oh heck yeah! I would hope the. Is it just between those two? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a runoff. runoff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, although I would hope the sane people of Portland, I mean, because there are plenty of nice people in Portland. Maybe I agree with them on politics, maybe I don't, but they're reasonable human beings. Um, I'm hoping they will soundly reject the uh, lunatic uh, Sarah Iannarone, or however you pronounce her uh, her name. She's uh, She has stated, I am Antifa. Antifa because the Red Hats, the MAGA people, are coming after brown and black people, queer and trans people, etc. She's Her platform includes housing for all and a pledge, a pledge to slash the city's police funding. Housing for all. All right. Yeah. Everybody gets a house. Jeez, you, you get a house. You get a house. Says you're full on riding a unicorn. Oh, yeah. All the way to the North Pole. Where are you going to powwow with Santa? <laughs> You know, Nancy Pelosi here. If you boys do a good job on final thoughts, I got a butterscotch in my sweater pocket for you. Oh, the gurgling. <laughs> I don't believe that to be Nancy Pelosi. That is off-putting. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, Michael, final thought. All I got to say is one of the things on my bucket list is to create a bucket list. There you go. <laughs> Positive, Sean. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah, the marks t- the market is taking its first little uh, dipsy do in, in quite some time. So I will just uh, send you off with this reminder: stocks go down faster than they go up, but they go up more than they go down. There you go. Although in the current situation, I have no idea what they're going to do. Jack, a final thought for us. I actually heard a guy arguing the other day for uh, don't have a bucket list, have a replace the B with F list. Mm. Of things that you're no longer ever planning to do and just give up on it. And it's so freeing. I'm glad I never took the time to learn Spanish. I think that would have been a waste of time. My life would not be better in any way if I could speak Spanish. Wow. It would have just been a waste of time. More racism. You need to have an effortless things you're just never going to get around to doing. Yeah, I read a terrific book. Well, I started it. It's on my bucket list to finish. Um, that very idea. Figuring out the things that are not and should not be your priorities and just forget them. Yeah, exactly. Give it up. 
Yeah, it kind of relates to that whole uh, third stage of life as you realize they weren't thinking about you uh, thing. It's it's a good read. I tell you what, I'll I'll, I'll remember the the title and we'll post it at MobyDick.com. Moby Dick. That's it. <laughs> they uh, they end up catching the whale in the end and making delicious sushi out of it. Spoiler alert. So Biden landing in Kenosha, Wisconsin today. I have a feeling he's going to say some things that are quite controversial, and we'll uh, talk about that at some point. Indeed. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. I'm begging you. The, the video of the wacko BLM group that tried to block a gas station. You have to watch it. And the link to the Sam Harris Making Sense podcast. Got to listen to it. Yeah, you want the stats on uh, black versus white and policing and all that sort of thing? Really good. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? I think that they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology for setting up. Arms.